Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're not feeling like yourself anymore. You're not alone. Whether you're concerned about your weight, your energy level, a lack of sex drive, or hormone imbalance, solutions are waiting for you at Nava Health. With a technology-driven approach, Nava's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress, optimizing your health. Start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash POD. That's N-A-V-A-Center.com forward slash POD. Or call 855-680-6282. Results may vary. The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. coverage radio live i am ian glendon and i am joined as always by mr rhode island mike how are we doing today well i'm doing a lot better today than i was yesterday morning my friend uh deepest apologies to all of our listeners and everyone that tunes into fbc radio live every day uh this was in no way shape or form the fault of my good friend Ian Glendon. It was all my fault yesterday about a lack of being able to produce a show. Unfortunately, when things start to go on the automobile, my friend, and you're behind the wheel, it's not a good thing. You've got to get that taken care of right away. Thankfully, everything is all set. I'm back. I'm still here, and that's the most important thing. So, you know, it's uh, it's just it's, it's one of those things, my friend. You know, a little lighter in the wallet this morning, but, uh, you know, counting my blessings that everything worked out the way it did. So Yeah, and, and, and look, uh, of course, there's no, there's no fault of yours. I, I did inform everyone it was your fault, though. So, I mean, I've, I've definitely been on top of that. I, I do not. Well, that, that's, yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. You have to. You have to tell the people honestly what happened. Well, I just don't want to take blame for anything, let alone things that I had nothing to do with. I mean, I wouldn't even take blame for things that I had a hand in. So, you know, hey, no, we're. Well, see, that's what I'm here for. You can just shove it off on (laughs) me and then I take it, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it's um. No, I, I, I look. Uh, nope. No, no need to apologize. I'm sure the uh, the listeners, the fans out there, uh, enjoyed enjoyed a day off and got to sleep in. I did. I, I stayed in bed a little bit longer yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. I got your message and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna take a personal half hour and just stay in bed and, and sleep. And I did. And then then I got to work and I, I I worked all day. So, but I understand. I understand the feeling you were telling me the issues you were having with with the vehicle, the the motor vehicle there, and. Um, you know, I I know all too well what that's about. That's my my entire adult life has been a vehicle issue, so it's I I, I kind of I understand. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But we're back at it this morning, and as always, lots to talk about. A big mm-hmm. football game coming up at the end of the week, but a lot Is of there? news smattered in, and a lot of things going on. Is so, there a big uh, football game? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel like no one's talking about it. Well, up Am here I in just... New England, it's not as big as it usually yeah. is. You know, don't forget, this is usually, we like to call it the New England Patriots Invitational That's up here right. in, uh, in Foxborough, but uh, not so much this year. You know, I mean, it's just, hey, it's one of those things where, you know, you gotta you got to let other people have a crack at it. <laughs> Once in a while, yeah, I mean it's it's the. Oh, I'm gonna get hate mail for that. Oh, oh okay. I'm gonna get All hate right. mail for that. <laughs> That's uh, Mike debate at no. Uh, I won't. I won't give it out. He actually still uses AOL.com, so that's how Yes, AOL.com. Yes, please do not overload my $3 internet, folks. Anybody that's listening to this knows the difficulties that we have there. So, uh, you really, know, we're trying to do everything we can. It really slows down his uh, Ask Jeeves uh, browsing time, you know. When you, we have Ask too many Jeeves, things, yeah, wow. Too many things going on at once, you know. Wow, um, way back machine on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I mean, I, I, like to, I like to show how old I am. And... You know what? What better way or what better time to bring? And again, we we we'll get to some of these other topics, but this is something that you you brought uh, to my attention, and uh, several people have actually brought up and shown me, um, knowing my um, love hate relationship with this franchise. And 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 I'm not talking about uh, you know any team that I follow. I'm talking about the Mighty Ducks. And no, not the Anaheim Ducks, not the Ducks of Anaheim in the NHL. No, I'm talking about the Emilio Estevez-led Mighty Ducks, who are apparently returning uh, under the guidance of one Emilio Estevez in a Disney Plus series. And look, I love, <clears throat> I love the nostalgia. I'm, I'm when it comes to reboots, I generally fall in the I'm always going to be pessimistic about every single one of them because generally reboots are just not good uh i mean to me there's very few uh uh, instances where a reboot has come back and and really captured the same uh type of uh feel or 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 excitement or what have you about you know like the original show so again i'm very skeptical from from any sense and and with this show uh i i do i'm excited that emilio's back I, i if there's certain things about the mighty ducks that i did love it was one of them was emilio estevez uh there was a lot of things i hated about the movie um i hated that everyone thought goalies were just fat blobs that couldn't move and just got in the way of the puck um i hated that they put the pads on the wrong legs for the goalies um there's a lot of things I hate about it. the triple deke, the worst move of all time. I mean, it's the most obvious move. It takes so long to develop. By the time you actually get through the third deke, the triple deke is over, and you're just taking a shot, a low percentage shot, directly onto the goalie. It's it's the stupidest move ever. I <laughs> I don't want it, Mike. 
I don't want to turn this into a, a hour long rant about all the things. <laughs> He's getting revved up, folks. Movie. He's getting all set, and I knew this was going to happen. That's we got, why I brought it to his attention. The, the time... I wanted to light the fire. I wanted the old. <laughs> yes, there you go. I like that. I like that. I I was at that raw actually. So, um, in Providence. That's right. Yeah, hey, that's hey, right. We go. Yep. We're coming back. Come friendly. Back yep. Riot. Friendly tap. Yep. We talked yeah, about this. That's yeah. right. We did indeed. Um, no, the the timing of this couldn't have been any better because uh, Wednesday is the day that uh, myself and chris blackie um record big bad bruins podcast so you know if anything you're getting me up for the uh you you're working me up for the the main event later for when i really go off on the episode but look um i i get it i understand why these happen (laughs) i mean i really do i mean why why think of something new and original when you can just go back and grab something that's already been done and, and try to cheaply capture the minds of of people uh, <laughs> a younger crowd. I just, I, again, maybe, maybe I'm like 75% disappointed, 25% excited just because, uh, Emilio Estevez is coming back. And, and, and that's, that's about the only redeeming quality of this entire show, because like, I, I just, you know, Charlie Conway's not walking through that door. Uh, like Goldberg's not walking through that door, and I don't know if yeah, I, I don't that, think Goldberg's you know? coming anytime uh, soon. I, I don't think we're going to see him on screen. Uh, but you know, there are some of the original cast. I'm sure that'll be smattered in. But you put the glue back together. Obviously, Emilio Estevez, and he was great as Gordon Bombay. Yeah. I mean, I think he made those movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way they would have been anywhere near as successful as they were without Emilio Estevez at the helm. He was the perfect guy to play that role. So you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, we'll see what uh, what happens. But uh, yeah, I just when I saw that, naturally, my good friend was the first person that I thought of. I knew that would get his ire a little bit this morning and kind of light the fires for our discussion. So uh, you didn't disappoint, my friend. I'm definitely happy about it. But uh, I'm going to check it out. I mean, you know, you, you almost have to. Anybody that grew up in our generation knows those movies and grew up with those movies. And, you know, it's the camaraderie of being around a team, a youth, you know, sports team. And that kind of... Uh, run that you go on like you know we've all been on little league teams or pop warner teams or you know like uh you know middle school or high school you know basketball not so much at high school high school it becomes a little bit more serious at that point but you know middle school basketball teams you know the peewee hockey things of that nature uh we've all been a part of that and we've all been a part of those some of us have been a part of those deep championship runs it brings back memories it brought back memories of when my little league team played for the state title and you know you you feel so important at that point you feel like you're you know, you're, uh, you're, you feel like you're heroes. And especially in that movie, you know, uh, meeting McCray and Madonna on the ice and you see like all these, these guys, like the eyes are just wide, you know, beyond belief. It was, it was pretty, uh, absolutely that Wayne was, Gretzky and uh that was yeah that was pretty amazing I mean now we're going into the sequels I'm thinking more of the uh, uh the, the original um, <laughs> I'm thinking more of the original but uh you know uh well, yeah well, absolutely well, the sequel I mean, went you see Hollywood. a guy like him the sequel went that's Hollywood. right I mean this was, this was Gordon Hollywood. Bombay yep. on the on the Beverly Hills like uh, yep. uh corner of the cliff mountainside resort type home where it's like you had the big party with all you know the bombay loafers you know for kids who want to coach all that oh yeah crap the the air bombays (laughs) yeah absolutely and then and then and then of course uh you know they go (laughs) i mean i i i just look i grew up and i loved hockey i loved hockey to death um i grew up in an area that was uh you know been very hockey rich for a very long time and even I didn't find pickup uh, roller hockey games 
in the middle of the city. <laughs> you know, that didn't really happen that often. So, you know, to, to go to a region that at, <laughs> yeah, the time, exactly. at the time in Los Angeles, I mean, you, you weren't, you were just getting that hockey vibe. I mean, Gretzky had been, um, you know, traded at the, the early 90s. And that really kind of brought a boom for hockey in Southern California. And, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Ducks followed shortly after the popularity of this movie, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, so again, I, I, I that always bugged me too. It's like, you know, uh, you, you're not going to find, uh, uh, you're not going to go to LA. Uh, I, I can go around Boston and not find a damn pickup hockey game, roller hockey game with a bunch of kids. And you go to LA and it's like, oh yeah, here's a bunch of them. It's like, no, no, come on guys. That's not going to happen. And first of all, regulations, come on. USA Hockey would never allow you to just pick someone up off the ice, let alone let the kid skate to center ice, take his helmet off. And, and, and fire a knuckle puck. I mean, there'd be 16 whistles. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, Mike. Get my blood yes, pressure up it. so early. That's right. Oh. Yep. No, I... Um, Open him up. <laughs> yes. There you go. I mean, every time every time I do get worked up like that, I, I always think of like Vince and like you know the you know the really growly, <laughs> noisy growl yep. that he has. Well, it's just funny. if you want any if you want a dramatization of what Ian may look like if he watches this reboot and is very disappointed with it, go back and watch the footage of Vince McMahon when Mike Tyson was announced as a special guest for WrestleMania <laughs> that year in Boston, and he's yelling and screaming at Stone Cold, "Yo, ruined it." That may be Ian when he watches this reboot and he's not happy with it, folks. So <laughs> that could give you a little that that might be a little good uh, uh, you know barometer to uh, to, to determine uh, his anger level at this. Uh, of course, that's assuming he doesn't like it. He may watch it and love it. So you know, you never yeah, know. We'll you see know, what happens. I, I, could, I could be quietly just you know pretending like I don't like it, and I'm gonna sit here and binge watch it the entire series. I do. I do have Disney Plus. So I look. I, I will check it out. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I I will definitely, you know. Get, take a look, but I, I'm not having any hopes of, of being, you know, entertained at all. Let's be real. Like I said, this isn't just a Mighty Ducks thing. This is a general reboot thing. I mean, putting you on the spot, I mean, what reboot has actually been adequate? You know, not even like, you know, on par with the original. And I'm talking TV show, movies, anything like that. Like, what reboot has really accomplished something good? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. To I mean, tell you the truth, and I'm not copping out here, I, I really, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know of anything. And look, there's an original for a reason. There's a reason why the original is so beloved. If you're looking to reboot something, I mean, no one out there is looking to reboot, you know, like, I don't know, like Pauly Shore movies or anything like yeah, that. And, you yeah, I know, you never gonna, know. I'm gonna, uh, well, you never know exactly, but I mean, you know, I mean, these movies weren't exactly Academy Award winners, and you know, I mean, they they develop cult followings. I get it, but I mean, it's a situation where no one's looking and going, boy, we really have to recreate the box office success that that movie had, or the type of television success that this show had. There's a reason why things are rebooted because they're they're rebooted for a reason. They're done because the original was so successful that you want to be able to recapture the magic and maybe tell the story in a little bit of a different way, but still maintain the feeling of the original. The problem is anytime you retell a story a different way, it loses an aspect of the original. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of reboots either. I'm really not a big fan of even sequels. I mean, there are some movies where it works. There are some franchises, obviously, where it works. The superhero franchise, you know, you, just you drum it, up just another it, adventure. Just say it. I know I know what movie you're talking about. Go ahead. Just say it. Um, well, there is only one. <laughs> there is only one sequel that has done a fairly good job of recapturing that moment. And, of course, I'm talking about The Godfather Part 2, 
Al Pacino, Lee Strasberg, Robert De Niro, um, you know, those three alone elevate anything that you've done and look there have been some great sequels you know i mean you talk about the empire uh, you know when it comes to uh to star wars and you know you talk about you know other types of, of movies that have had great sequels that have done well, I, a pretty decent job but on a whole i mean I, I i can count the number of movies on my hand and still have fingers left over of franchises that have done sequels the right way uh mm-hmm. very few have been able to do it well and i would even almost sort of differentiate between sequel and reboot because like a sequel at least you know if it's in a a a relatively short period of time can follow a pretty you know it it makes sense to to do a sequel yeah the the reboot of of a franchise and of a franchise that ended nearly 20 years ago that's a little bit different like i said i mean you you know all, all these characters are now like closer to the to the age of hans than they are the kids you know when they that they played i mean it's a little bit of an exaggeration exactly. hans, yeah they really are you know, exactly. hans was you know very very old in that in those movies of course but um the point is i mean again it, you you can't recapture it's like okay we're gonna do the big lebowski again but uh you know we're just not gonna have any of the regular characters and 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 jeff bridges is is much older and you know what i mean it just so it, it, again it, it's it's to me, I, I, I'm always pretty pessimistic when it comes to these things. And, uh, you know, I will, I yeah. will be pessimistic and uh, half uh, glass, uh, half empty type of uh, view when it comes to these. I will watch it, however, and, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. look, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> I never imagined spending 15 minutes on Muddy Ducks. Uh, I mean, I, I plan on doing it later. I plan on getting into a little bit. My apologies, ranting. folks. No, See, okay. this is why this is why it's people okay. were glad that I wasn't able to take the, the range in the show yesterday. So, <laughs> there we go. Well, you it, missed that. But I am me. glad you made the, yeah. I am glad you made the distinction. By and large, I'm more impressed with sequels than I am reboots. Mm-hmm. That that's a good distinction. Yeah, reboots. Yeah, that's I'm I'm right with you on that completely. Like uh, okay, here's a good example. And anyone obviously who's ever listened to us for. I mean, I give it about 10 seconds before you realize how big a 24 fans we are. Generally, when you first meet us, you know, there, there's usually some indication right away. But uh, they re-brought back the series. Now, there's – see, and this is – actually, you know what? This is a kind of a unique example because they, yeah. they rebooted it twice uh, in two different ways. I thought the reboot four years after it originally went off the air with, with Jack Bauer in the limited series – it was mm-hmm. very well done. I I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was you know they they kept enough things the same, but they made it different enough that it felt you know what there was a different feel to it, but it was a good feel. I mean it was, it was right. a shorter season. It wasn't twenty four episodes. It was only twelve. Um, you you had enough of the you know what you come to expect from Jack Bauer. Again, this might be a little bit easier because you know these that type of show was a lot more formula based. I mean there was a very specific structure with a lot of uh, craziness you know in the details but the structure pretty much remained the same for every season so they followed that and i thought it was really well done and that was it they brought it back once i would have loved for them to do another one but i you know maybe that was me my fandom getting in the way and then they brought uh they, they did 24 uh um uh, legacy legacy thank you um with obviously no jack bauer it, it was obviously a, 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 a trying to adapt and, and create a new character and i get that i understand what they're doing but it just it fell flat in my opinion honestly i don't even think i finished the the, the final season i enjoyed parts of it like don't get me wrong I, I i'm not saying it was awful i was just saying if it was a, a brandon under a different show 
you know, maybe have a different point of view. But when it's 24 and I look at that, I just, you know, to me, I, I, I can't, 24 is not the same without Jack Bauer or Kiefer. Sutherland. It isn't. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a very good point. And 24 is a unique situation. You could almost make the argument that maybe the, uh, the live another day was more of a sequel than it really was a reboot because you had a lot of the same characters coming yep. back. It was the same story. It was a continuation of the saga of Jack Bauer, Whereas Legacy acknowledged that Bauer had, you know, he was mentioned several times in that show, but nothing ever really came of his character. It wasn't a central part. Yes, they did. They brought back Tony Almeida. There were, you know, some elements that they tried to recreate in the new show, but that was a pure reboot because it was a new focal point. It was a new hero. It was a new set of characters and people that you hadn't seen before. So there was a lot that, that went into that, but yeah, I mean, I think you make a great point is that it was if it was branded under another name, maybe it would have done a little bit better. I think when you put that 24 mantra on top, it's almost like a heavy lies the head that wears the crown. You know, I mean, you you have to live up to the original, the expectations of what people have. And they have Jack Bauer ingrained. Nobody is going to be able to take that that baton and be able to run with it the way he could. I look at it the same way, and I know it's a very different circumstance, but The Sopranos is a show that I really loved when it was on um, HBO, as most people do. I mean, it's very well-received. It's I'm, I'm not on, on a limb on that. I find myself in the majority, not the minority, that love that show. They are planning on doing the reboot movie, and obviously James Gandolfini has passed away. His son is going to play a young Tony Soprano. I think that's smart in a lot of ways because it's going to lend... A, a level of familiarity already that the fans of that show have with someone that's going to play a beloved character that obviously Gandolfini can no longer play. So, I mean, but it also, puts, it also puts a lot of pressure as well oh, absolutely. because everybody is going to have that in mind. They're going to expect him to be his father. If he doesn't quite live up to it, then people are going to let him know. They're not going to have that nostalgic feel for too long it will burn on. And I think that's why they're doing it in a movie form rather than a TV show. I think if they decided to do this as a mini series, I think that would be a bigger mistake because as the show went on, if the character wasn't quite up to what they're used to seeing, then you're going to see that erosion with a movie. It's either you love it or you don't like it. And I think that's, that's probably a smarter way to do it. Well, and, and I feel like a lot of, you know, I think the most successful ways of doing these are prequel type series because again that allows yeah. you to like you said uh legitimately go back and obviously you're not going to have james gandolfini because if it's a prequel you you know he's not going to be what you know him as not yet so to have his son you know play a younger version of him that see that to me makes sense now it, to me it doesn't mean that the series is going to be great and you know cat i you know i don't expect it to capture the same sort of you know, uh, a fascination among people as the original did, but at least that makes more sense as opposed to trying to just force something completely new or, I don't know, to me, I, I just, I'd rather just, I, as much as I'd, I'd love to have some more 24, I, you know, I would, I would much, much rather, um, you know, just let it be. And, and same with like things like the Sopranos. So. The only reason you're still conscious is because I don't want to carry you. <laughs> I, I just, that's I right. Just, I need that's what know. Ian, that's what Ian says to me every week, yes. every day before we go on the air folks. That's just... and, <laughs> and if it wasn't fate enough, we've officially spent 24 minutes on this topic. So uh, ah, I, I think that's a perfect it, yes. time to put it and to rest. <laughs> you know what? And, and, and more, more ways to honor 
the fallen Kobe Bryant, and we we spent a lot of time on that. And the, mm, you know, this is a absolutely good, well. This is a good transition into one thing that I do want to bring up, and and, and this is right. something that um, I saw a lot of players or have have done or have commented on, and I, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion because I'm I'm good with either option. Uh, some players have voluntarily elected to change their numbers. Um, others have taken the approach of you know, if, if you, if I were to be asked or if, you know, the NBA decides as a whole to retire the number, then they would more than happy, more than they would be more than happy to relinquish that number. However, I think some players are considering keeping it to, to, in in the same way, honor him. And I I think both, both ways are appropriate. I I think no matter what you choose, I I think that's a, it's a very um, respectable thing. I don't think there's going to be anyone that should get any sort of slack, you know, because it seems like a handful of players have already given up the numbers and other players have, have decided that they're going to keep it, uh, eight and 24. And, um, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. You know, it's not something we're going to spend too, too much time on. I just, I thought it was interesting. And I, I liked, you know, I, I'm good with either option people take, because I, I do think there's certain ways and in, in, in different ways that people honor and, and grieve and, and all that. And I think both are, are very respectable, very respectable and appropriate for this uh, situation. Yeah, I think I'm actually, I feel the same way you do. I'm really, I'm good with it either way. I think if it's, if that's the way that you want to honor or, um, you know, memorialize uh, the legacy of Kobe Bryant, if that's, you know, if you're an NBA player and that's what he meant to you and giving up that number gives you that sense of satisfaction to do that. I think, you know, that's, that's a very fitting tribute. I think if you wanted to wear the number and wear it in his honor and say that I, that's a part of him that that's with me. Um, I, I don't have a necessarily a problem with that either. Uh, when I was in junior high school, very late in junior high school, uh, Reggie Lewis passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eighth grade year, I wore number 35 to honor um, Reggie Lewis uh, just because he was a player that I thought a, a, a lot of, obviously growing up a Celtics fan in mm-hmm. Boston, that was a pretty hard loss to, uh, to endure. And uh, that was something that I felt, you know, compelled to do. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about athletes on a completely different stratosphere, but it's all about a way that you want to, like you said, honor and grieve. Uh, um, I don't know if necessarily they're going to make a league wide statement to retire the number. It definitely could happen. Uh, I know there's a lot of intricacies that have to, you know, go with that. What is picking up a lot of steam is the logo. And we talked Mm -hmm. about this on Monday. And to me, I think this is a perfect time uh, to be able to do it. And I know some people have come back and said, well, if they're going to change the logo, why wouldn't they just change it and put Jordan on it? Well, you have to think about the type of, NBA player that's playing right now, and we hit on this the other day. The generation of players that are playing now, Kobe grew up watching Michael, and you know, I think if they were to do this maybe ten years ago, it would have definitely been Jordan. I don't think there's any question about it beyond belief. But doing it now, I think it is a fitting tribute to someone that lost his life in the prime of his life, not the prime of his career, but the prime of his life. And I think it would be a fitting tribute. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I'm, I'm all for it either way. I think it really is up to the individual. And, you know, I think it's it's a nice tribute either way, whatever you want to do. I'm completely with you. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the, the one thing that, like I said, I mean, that that this was has been a kind of a discussion uh not not officially, but I mean, it's been brought up several times prior to this happening. So I mean, the idea of, of altering the logo and, and and the thing that I think would would really give it some momentum is the fact that the current logo 
Jerry West would probably be all for it and advocate for it. So yeah, um, this absolutely. isn't, you know, this isn't an instance where, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, well, they should change this, you know, the Lombardi trophy to that. And as much, look, as much as I love Bill Belichick, I don't think that should happen. Um, yeah, you know, I don't there, there, There's certain historical things that, yes, I mean, you, I can sit here and argue and, 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 and I could very well, very much win an argument saying that Bill Belichick is, is a better coach than Vince Lombardi had, a bit, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, you just, you can't, to me, you can't, you can't change that. And as much as I yeah. love, and, uh, you know, my ego and my, my, uh, you know, everything like that would just inflate knowing that the coach that, you know, that I, I really root for is, is now the, the name on the Super Bowl trophy. I would love that personally, but you know, in, in reality, I just, I look at that and I say, that's, that's probably not appropriate, no matter what Bill Belichick does. This is, you know, this is the Vince Lombardi trophy and it was meant to honor him. And, you know, that's something that will last. And, you know, I do think the logo is a little bit more fluid. And again, the fact that Jerry West is alive and very much, uh, you know, a part of this NBA and a part of Kobe in particular, his life. Yeah. Um, he told that story uh, yesterday on T. I believe it was on TNT about uh, when when Kobe yes. was yep. um, considering going to the Clippers, and <clears throat> you know this is something you don't, you know, you, you got to assume stuff like this goes on all the time. Not specifically this, but I'm saying these little conversations that will never see the light of day. Like, hey, you know, executives aren't going to go out public and say, you know, hey, don't. Go, you know what I mean? Like it's just not one of those things that happens. So, um, having such a close relationship, he knew about Donald Sterling and and his, you know, how he was and his, you know, views on on <laughs> on race and all that stuff, and 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 knew it wouldn't be a good thing. And and I, that was that was a that was kind of that was a nice story to hear, and kind of again tells me that if someone were to say, "Hey, Jerry, do you think uh, you know we we should change the logo?" Um, from you to, to to Kobe, I think he would be the first one to sign the you know sign whatever needs to be signed to have it happen. Yeah. So, um, so to me, I think that's definitely a a possibility and something I would actually, I I understand and it makes sense because like think of it this way, they're not doing it, they wouldn't do it just because he had uh, he was, you know, it was an untimely death. Um, it certainly has given it momentum, but if the NBA down the road was thinking about changing the logo anyways, I would imagine he would be one of those handful of players that you would have in that discussion to be the new logo. And in that, that was before any of this happened. So to me, this only obviously kind of maybe accelerates and, and puts him in the lead. And, and, and again, it would yeah. make sense because we're not just talking about a, a, you know, any player we're talking about one of the, you know, maybe four or five best players to ever play this game. So absolutely. So no. again, it, it's, it, it was, it was a, I don't even remember what my original point was to be honest with you, but it, it was, no, it was, it was, not, it was the numbers and yeah, yeah right, I, right. I just, yeah, absolutely. No, no. And, and look, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. And you know, it's, it's been a nice, like I said, there's been a lot of touching and emotional tributes. And I think that's helped a lot of people help, you know, not move on, but kind of start to cope and, and deal with it. You know, there's a lot of big Kobe fans out there. So, of course, you know, we want them to uh, to to be able to sit there and enjoy basketball and play basketball and do all that stuff again. So, but moving on, we haven't, I feel like it's been ages, ages since we talked about football. You know, that's oh, yeah. where you, you know, you kick a, a, a oblonged object and uh, you, you throw it as Made well. A pig, so. Make a pigskin through a big H. Yes. yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Or a Y, depending on how you like the Y uh, type or a right. Yes. So, um, 
But you know, we we obviously have one. Uh, there, there's one particular free agent quarterback that we we both have obviously um, kept an eye on. But th- this off season in particular is a very interesting one because you have several veteran uh, free agent quarterbacks that that could potentially potentially be on the move either to a new team or to the couch for retirement. And we'll talk about Tom Brady here in a minute because I, I, I do want to, you know, talk about Dante Skarnakia before we close the show. But uh, the Chargers, I mean, we know Philip Rivers has moved his family from San Diego to uh, Florida. Um, that That's kind of been pretty publicized over the last couple of weeks. Um, there was a report from Jay Glazer over the weekend talking about how the Chargers have officially moved on, which, you know, doesn't really surprise us. I think we kind of all assumed that uh, he, he, his time was in San Diego or Los Angeles or whatever was done. And, you know, it, it probably likely that they're going to be looking for, you know, whatever to just go in a different direction. And we get that. Well, it, it seems that that's the case. So the options for Philip Rivers are, are obviously a new team or a retirement. Um Drew Brees, on the other hand, has said that he needs uh, around a month to decide what what his future is, and we we kind of know his options too. It's either the Saints or retirement. And I have two uh, instincts or, or two gut feelings, and this doesn't you know necessarily mean anything because it could just be the the food I ate last night. But um, my gut tells me that Philip Rivers will play, and Drew Brees won't. And and I don't wow. and I don't know why. And I you know we um, we recently uh, uh, added a show to our network, the Sap and Cat Show. Uh, both of us know John Sapachetti, and, and we were talking yesterday, me and him, off there. You know, off, nothing online or anything like that. But I I told him, and, and this was something I just I couldn't like. I just couldn't shake it. I was like, there's something in my gut, and I I, I there's no. There's nothing legit, you know what I mean? There's nothing I can show you or, or say or say, hey, look at this. It's just a feeling I have. I think Drew Brees is going to retire. And I, I, I just, I feel like for him, it's, I think he knows that he's, his, his play has, and don't get, don't get mistaken by the numbers. And I know he had a pretty fine end to the year last, last year, but. I think he knows that his abilities have have diminished a little bit, and I think he's not going to get the benefit of five game. <clears throat> excuse me, five game, five weeks off in the middle of the season, which I think gave him, uh, which helped him tremendously down the stretch. Because if we remember the year before, he really tailed off at the end of the year. Um, this and that, that kind of that to me is more of a sign of, of, of age deterioration than anything, because, you know, when you get older, you're uncapable, you're incapable of, of maintaining that sort of production from, from year, from the beginning of the year to the end, you know, whereas, you know, he was great at the beginning of the year, started to tail off towards the end. And that was like, okay, to me that he kind of looked like he was getting tired and, and worn out. And I, I get that it, it, it happened. So, um, the Saints have, I for whatever reason, say that Taysom Hill they think could be a franchise quarterback. I, I mean, maybe he can be. I don't know. I mean, when when you only get in for one passing game, it's hard to really tell. I mean, obviously they know more than I do, and we do because they see him at practice every day. But um, they have the uh, uh, luxury, I guess, of having uh, well, technically not on the roster, but uh, both Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater as potential options if Drew Brees walks away and this is a situation where you know maybe that 
is a reason why he does. I mean, maybe the Saints, you know, they're saying everything publicly. We want Drew back. We want Drew back. But at the end of the day, maybe they're like, you know what? You know, maybe we can pay Teddy Bridgewater for a few years because, you know, I feel like even if he does come back, this would be Drew Brees' last season. Because if he's taken at this offseason a month to decide his future, I would say at the very least next year would be the very last year. But I, I'm my gut's kind of telling me that he might be done this season. Like, as in he might retire soon. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, my gut tells me he's going to be back this year, but I think you make a lot of interesting points and something that I really didn't think about. when you, Because you're so in the mode of these quarterbacks coming back and saying, well, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they want to come back. They're still playing at a high level. Why wouldn't they come back? Well, there's a lot of reasons why folks won't come back. And I think, Ian, you made a good point. He's not going to have the benefit of that five-game respite that he had this year that I think really helped him. I think it really helped him play very strong football down the stretch. And you saw the previous season that he wasn't able to do that when he had to play the full 16 game season. So it, it is that that's the factor. Um, he was able to eclipse several, um, records this year and, and he can walk out knowing that he played some of his best football toward the end of the season. So those are definite, um, I don't want to say, deciding factors but those are definite things that can stick in your mind and can affect your decision making and one of the big white elephants in the room if you want to talk about that is why does he need a month to to make that decision about whether or not he's going to come back a lot of people would look at it and say oh well tom brady has basically already said he's coming back we just don't know where yet ian and i seem to think we do know where but (laughs) technically i mean technically from an absolute technical standpoint he hasn't signed the contract yet so there is still an option or a chance that he takes snaps elsewhere next year but he's already made the commitment to most people to say he's coming back, he's going to play. I don't think there's any question well, he's been saying about whether Brady's going to retire. That he wants exactly. To I mean, something would have to change drastically to get him to do that. An interesting point that I was having a conversation with uh, a, a mutual friend of ours yesterday, and we were talking about it, and they said, and something I didn't think about, and uh, maybe we'll save this toward the end, uh, but uh, it's a question to throw out there. Does what happened to Kobe Bryant change Tom Brady's feelings on his mortality, change his feelings on his family, change his feelings on what happened. I personally don't believe it does. I think he feels terrible for the family, mm-hmm. but I don't think that changes uh, uh, that changes his uh, perspective. But if it did, could you blame him? I don't think anybody could, because at a blink of an eye, things can be gone. Do you want to leave behind a legacy that? says that maybe I could have been there for my children a little bit more than I could have. So these are all factors that go in when it comes to rivers, because I did cover Philip for a couple of years when he played in Los, obviously when, when I was covering the chargers and he was the starring franchise quarterback there, I think he is driven by a lot of things, but I don't know if necessarily football is the only driving force in Philip rivers life. It would not shock me to see him walk away this year. I don't think he wants to walk away with a bitter taste in his mouth, but I don't think he's the type of guy that if he did, it would bother him for the rest of his life. He would go home, be with his wife, be with his family, enjoy the career that he had, and I think he would be just fine. So if he doesn't have the perfect suitor that's going to give him the opportunity to play at a high level, would not shock me to see Philip Rivers walk away this year. I think I have that suitor for him, too. 
and it's the Indianapolis Colts. I know, I know every, everyone wants to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, you know, it makes sense. He's in Florida, all that, but I think the Colts makes a ton of sense for him. I I think you're right. You you think about it, you know, this team, this team, the foundation of this team was built uh, for Andrew Luck. Uh, Obviously Andrew Luck retired, but that foundation is still there. They have a very good offensive line. Um, They have some pretty decent weapons, you know, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, that type of thing. Uh, Up-and-coming defense, a good young coach, a good uh, general manager, and they have a ton of cap space. So to me, is he, you know, obviously Phillip Rivers, I, I, you know, we can sit here and, you know, I've heard some people, you know, bring up the the Hall of Fame debate, and I absolutely not, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, that's not to say that I, I don't think he was a, good quarterback uh, a really good quarterback for for a very uh, long period of time you know in this league I mean there's something to be said about lasting in this league and playing 220 something consecutive games like he has Uh, but for him if he wants to go and have a chance to win a Super Bowl or at least compete in the playoffs Indy's got to be that spot like I said the ton of cap space all the pieces around him and the AFC South I mean, what other division is more of a toss-up each and every year than AFC South? Um, As much as I like the Titans, you know, am I expecting them to, you know, now with the with the target on their back, you know, now they're not the underdog. Are they going to go out and and you know all of a sudden go fourteen and two or twelve and four next year? Who knows? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But history has shown us that this division is basically a, you know, it's a crapshoot each and every year. So why not go to a division that's wide open? With a team that has a lot of youth, a lot of skill, and a very good coach and uh, general manager, and you know, play out your last year or two in the league while they try to find their replacement, because I don't think that they think Jacoby Brissett is a long-term solution. Now, he may ultimately be a better short-term solution, but I, I do think it's intriguing to to picture Philip Rivers in that situation because, and, and even on top of all that, they play in a dome, so. You know, not that San Diego weather is anything to, to, to complain about. It's, it's as close to outside dome weather as you can get. But, you know, nine games guaranteed a year inside climate-controlled weather, I'll, I'll take it <laughs> if I'm feeling Yeah, right. I mean, I, I do think that it brings up a lot in terms of a good situation for him. But I think a lot of people forget that he was still in a pretty good situation in Los Angeles. I mean, there's not that's not a team that's devoid of offensive weapons. You look at a guy like Keenan Allen, a very capable wide receiver, someone that's capable of making big plays down the field. He's a good fit. You take a look at a tight end like Hunter Henry, who a lot of people have said, well, now they're going to be able to open up the uh, the checkbook and be able to pay Henry a pretty big deal. Maybe use the franchise tag as a placeholder to try to work out a long-term deal with him. I've scouted Henry and and I've covered Henry since he was a a rookie. And I can tell you, he's the real deal. This is a very good tight end. This is someone that if the Patriots were looking to dip their toe into the free agent market and try to get a tight end that I think could help them, I don't want to say replicate, but help them approach some of the productivity that they had with a guy like Rob Gronkowski. Hunter Henry's about the closest on the free agent market that I can get to that. Um, he's also got a good running back, uh, you know, core in Austin Eckler. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon. I don't know what the future is going to hold for him in Los Angeles, but he did come from a pretty good situation. So you have to wonder if you're Indianapolis, can you expect 
Philip Rivers to be rejuvenated, or is this the type of Philip Rivers that you're going to get down the line? Um, I think the argument can be made for both. I think he might be playing with maybe a little more chi- more of a chip on his shoulder than he has in years, trying to show the Los Angeles Chargers that, hey, you know what, you gave up on me. Reports are out there that he tried texting the team, and since the end of the season, they haven't even bothered to respond, which lends me into well it lends me into the whole thought process behind people that all of a sudden see this and think that this is a confirmation that tom brady is heading to los angeles if that's the way your organization (laughs) treats a guy like philip rivers that has given you a number of successful years folks is that the organization you want to go to after leaving robert Kraft, bill belichick and the new england patriots well go ahead but i don't think that's the way tom brady's built and i don't see that at all but if that's a situation where he's playing for maybe a little bit added fire, then I can see it. And then I think in terms of a situation where he's going to go, I don't think there's a better spot than Indianapolis, much better than Tampa Bay, much better than I've heard Jacksonville. And I mean, there's been a lot of different thought process about uh, where he might go. But I think if he does stick around and play, I think Indy's a great spot for him. Yeah, and and um, look, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the first reactions I had when, when you hear some. Well, I mean, you know, when when I first heard that uh, you know the Chargers might be a good option, and then you hear more of these stories, and you know, the Chargers as an organization have this reputation. So in my mind, and I've said it on the show, like what the last couple of weeks, every time we brought it up, like why on earth would Tom Brady go to the Chargers? Like what? What could the Chargers offer him that is so enticing that he would move across the country and, and you know, spend the last two years of his 20-something year career with a team that just, you know, it's purgatory out there. It's, it's football purgatory. You go out there and there's no hope. You can have a great team. You're still going to fail. You can have a bad team. You're going to fail. You know, it's just it's just how it is. The ownership's bad. The, the whole organization is just... It's a mess. So why would why on earth would Tom Brady go there? So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, another thing, I'm actually kind of surprised at myself that I haven't brought this up yet. Um, but we're, we are talking about a potential uh, move to the AFC South for for um, Philip Rivers, and he will have the fortunate pleasure of going up against the Bill Bur- Bill O'Brien led Houston Texans. And like, oh my God! Like, if you remember the show after that weekend, I got on here and I was yelling bitching and complaining about how Bill O'Brien should be fired after that debacle of a playoff performance. And and apparently Houston didn't listen to me because you know what they did? <laughs> they promoted him. They promoted him to general manager. And two things. First off, um, no disrespect to Bill O'Brien. There's no one in the world. I would love to see him succeed. I just I feel like if I'm a Houston Texans fan, I'm, I'm going mad because I feel like you have reached – the, the peak of what you can accomplish under Bill O'Brien, and it's really not anything spectacular, and I think it's it, it should be time enough for them to move on, or, or if not, you're going to waste Deshaun Jackson. The other thing I thought of was office space. And when Michael <laughs> and Peter are sitting at the bar, and he's telling Michael that he's about to lose his job, and, and <laughs> Michael's like, you know, you're not even showing up and you're, you're keeping your job. He's like, you know what? Actually, I'm getting promoted. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, that's what I think about. <laughs> and I, sh- I, sh- I actually shared that clip. So if you're, if you're watching or, or if you're watching you want to follow me on Twitter, go to I, at IGLEN31 and check it out. I thought it was pretty funny. But to me, it, it's exactly what I thought of because it's like I, I feel like, uh, you know, 
Bill O'Brien is is Peter. <laughs> he's he's shown up. He hasn't, you know, he's made these awful decisions. Like he he's somehow been able to keep his job, and now he's getting promoted. And it's just, it, it's it's baffling to me, to be honest. <laughs> like I was, well, I was the so Bob's surprised. the Bob's love honesty. I mean, yeah. that's that's what it is. The pleasure was all on that side of the. T- they, this guy has, yeah. you know, this guy has middle <laughs> management written all over. Yeah. I, know, I can't believe I didn't uh, make but, that connection either. Jesus, what's wrong with me today? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. The, but but the Bob's they love it. The, you know, the Bob's are all about that. It's it's uh, is, it's great. And uh, lumber. Lumberg's not here. too happy about it. No. You're like Lumberg right now. You're like, yeesh. Yeah, well. Ooh, uh, I don't know yeah. <laughs> if I can necessarily agree with you there. You know, no. so. No, I'm, I'm more like Pikowski, uh, uh, Kowski or whatever. <laughs> I'm like. Oh, yeah, Tom Simkowski. I yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> I am what is a people wrong with you person. People? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where what I'm at exactly right now exactly would Pride. you say you do here? You do here. Um. But, uh, I mean, if you're a New England Patriots fan, folks, I think this obviously indicates, and I think the Texans made this decision because it's obviously Nick Casario is not going anywhere. I don't think it's that Nick was held hostage and couldn't go anywhere. I think the Houston Texans, quite frankly, would have jumped at the opportunity to try to get him. I think Casario looks at this situation and says, this is the best place for me. So him being in place is definitely a good thing because... As you alluded to earlier, my friend, and I know we're going to get to that, the New England Patriots are going to be in need of some continuity this year. They're losing a very, very key member of that coaching staff. And we always try to keep the positive outlook on things here in New England. And we do a fairly good job. This one hurts. Um, And we're talking, of course, about Dante Scarnecchia. Well, and, and to put a positive spin on it, the last time Dante Scarnecchia um, retired, the Patriots won a Super Bowl. So uh, They did. Dave DeGooks, absolutely. Yeah, right. You know, for all the malignment that he brings to that, the first year that the Patriots played without him, DeGuglielmo came in and he coached that offensive line to a Super Bowl. Now, whether you want to give him the credit for that or say, well, it was the players or, you know, the offensive line still wasn't that good, but they won in spite of it. They still did it. So, yeah. you know, it's not an easy job to follow a legend is almost an impossible task for anybody. And make no mistake about it. He's not a household name for those of us that are listening to the show that are not from New England. But if you're from this area, Dante Scarnecchia is held in such high regard. And I can tell you from personal experience, he deserves every bit of the accolades and the warmth that he's getting today. Uh, really, you really won't come across a finer or more direct and more honest guy in the business than Dante Scarnecchia. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy's seventy-two years old. He's been he's been coaching with the Patriots longer than I've been alive, and that includes uh, a few-year hiatus. So, uh, for thirty-four plus years, I mean, the guy's been just a staple in this organization, and, and one of you know. One of the things that really, and at the time I remember it stuck out to me, was during Randy Moss's uh, Hall of Fame speech. Um, like you would, you would expect him to thank Bill Belichick. You would expect him to thank Tom Brady and talk about those guys. But for a wide receiver, a superstar wide receiver, to specifically call out Dante Scarnecchia, you know, and, and that to me kind of really tells you all you need to know about who Dante is and, and how revered he is among uh, the players he has coached. Um, we, we've seen it over the last couple of days. You know, guys like you know, obviously Damian Woody's Woody's pretty uh, uh, out. You know, in terms of uh, being in the public eye in the media now. You know, he's out there. So you know, he he talked about uh, you know Skarnecki being the best you know line coach he's ever had, best one of the best coaches he's ever had in general, and. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be a loss for the Patriots and certainly one that, you know, is another sign that, you know, things are, 
you know, starting to evolve away from, you know, this this era of football? Because, again, as much as we'd like to, you know, these guys can't play and coach forever. Eventually, Bill Belichick is going to have to hang it up, you know, and and it's certainly, you know, those guys aren't that much different in age. I mean, they're they're five year different. So, um, you know, eventually these guys are going to move on. You're going to see changing of the guard. It won't happen this year. Like I said, Tom Brady will be back. Don't listen to any of that other nonsense. Um, but you know there 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 is this is this isn't going to be a situation where you're going to be able to coax him out of retirement this time around i think um this this is it for him i think he was pretty resigned pretty to the fact down. yeah he he's, you know and, go ahead yeah absolutely no no i mean it's it's just it's it's one of those things where i've heard certain rumblings that oh well it's Scar's leaving, which means that he may have an insight of whether that Tom Brady is going to leave New England, and that's why not, folks. No, no, no. It, anybody that I've spoken to around the team says that this move was not catching the organization by surprise. It's not yeah. shocking anyone. They are under the assumption that this was something that was not only possible but likely. And um, Carmine Basilio and um, uh, Cole, uh, I'm sorry, I can't. Oh my God, I'm you're drawing too, a blank. But you're too uh, Cole, worried about your Cole Popovich, <laughs> too worried Absolutely, about your Pizon, <laughs> right? But, but uh, and Cole Popovich, who uh, were the and the assistant running backs coach, respectively, this year for the Patriots, look to be the two biggest um, uh, likely names uh, that might end up being replacements for Skarnecchia. And look, no one is going to replace Dante. You're not going to replace that. That magic that he gave that ability to be at 71 years old doing wind sprints up the hill at the practice fields at Gillette yeah. stadium that Dante was known to do. He used to take laps with his offensive line. This is something that made him such a beloved figure. And he was so good at being able to maximize talent and get his players to perform at their highest level. That's something that you can't replicate, but what you can replicate is what he's able to bring to you on the field. His wisdom and insight are things that, from my understanding, that he tried to do a great job of imparting this year. So before people think that this is some sort of uh, harbinger of bad things to come, I don't think that's in any, first of all, I don't think it's in any way related to Tom Brady's decision. And second of all, the Patriots will be okay. It does hurt because the productivity that... Scar was able to get out of so many guys, especially with all the injuries on the offensive line this year. That's where they're really going to miss him. That's my concern if I'm a New England Patriots fan. But uh, appreciate what the man did because he was just uh, the owner of a tremendous, tremendous career. And you're happy to see him be able to now go off and enjoy retirement. He truly deserves it. No, absolutely. And and again, I'm, I'm you know this isn't something. Yeah, it's going to be a loss for the Patriots. But you know, I, I like you said, I don't think this is any indication about. You know, some foresight or anything like that about into into what could be happening or or what could uh, potentially be uh, you know going on with Tom Brady. Like I said, I I don't think any of the two are related. I think they're mutually exclusive. I think Brady's going to ultimately be back, and I think this offensive line will be you know will be a solid unit. Let's let's you know, there's a lot of questions. Joe Tooney obviously has to be addressed, but um. You know, we'll see. We'll see. But surprisingly, that brings us to just about the end of the show. And and I'll be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that tomorrow, remember, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on Sportscaster. Go to sportscaster.com slash TBL. The Basketball League kicks off the Owensboro Thoroughbreds and the... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Almost almost choked there. And the Indy Express are going to be tipping off at 8 p.m. And you can... uh, 
Obviously, check it out on Sportscaster, and it will be also playing on the full press coverage website. You'll see it right there on the homepage, and of course, you'll, we'll have a post out for it as well. So keep an eye out for that. Tune in, check it out, uh, broadcast, uh, join in on all the fun. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time. So uh, until then, until tomorrow, uh, we will be back. We're gonna talk some more Super Bowl. Actually, we're gonna start talking Super Bowl. I mean, there's gonna be a lot to break down over the next couple of days, and that's primarily what we're gonna be talking about. So, Mike, until then, get your rest, fix your car. Uh, uh, and you know, <laughs> be, safe, you, be, be safe and humble, my friend, because uh, tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring the heat and we're gonna really get into this game. And uh, we're, I think we're gonna make some bold bold predictions, some some crazy proclamations, all that stuff. We're gonna get a absolutely. Nuts. I'm definitely gonna, looking I'm, forward to. I'm it. actually yep. gonna start drinking at 9 a.m. So you know, we're <laughs> hey, why not? You know. Let's have that's right folks (laughs) my advice to ian is to start drinking heavily that's right that's right so folks thank you very much for tuning in be sure download the podcast stitcher itunes uh google spotify all that fun stuff follow us on twitter at iglen31 he is at m-d-a-b-a-t-e-f-p-c and of course follow the show it's at fpc radio live and at full press radio have a great day folks we will see you tomorrow with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.